Bibles open at Luke chapter 15. <coughs> Luke 15. We'll begin reading at verse 25. We brought you a message on what sin is like. Then last Lord's Day, uh, we brought a message on what God is like. We come this morning to bring a message on what Christian service can be like. <coughs> In chapter 15, our Lord gives the parable three parts. He gives the parable of the shepherd and the lost sheep. He gives a parable of the woman and the lost coin, parable and the lost son. Uh, there's really two sons that are away from the father in this parable, in the latter part of it. We looked at the, what is called the prodigal son last Lord's Day. And the center of it is God. And he is longing for the son to return home. But at verse 25, you have a different picture. Listen to it. And when his elder brother was in the field, as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answered, answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. And notice verse 29, he says, I, I, me. Verse 30, as soon as this thy son, not my brother now, he said, thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, the father said unto him, son, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. And it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother is, was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. What Christian service can be like? We've come now to the very heart of this parable. This is the heart of it, and this is often what's left out. Here's the very heart of what Jesus was saying concerning the Father and the two sons. Jesus has a way of putting his finger on the sore spot. He's got a way of doing that, and he does it here. Majority of us, as we read this passage, and majority of people ignore the elder brother. Why? Because he's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror at ourselves as we see the elder brother. 
There are two types of wayward sons that Jesus is talking about. One goes into the far country and uh, his problem is sins of the flesh. He winds up in the hog pen. The other one stayed home and is still far from the father and he is involved in sins of the spirit. One sins of the flesh the other sins of the spirit. Both are in the father's house. Both uh, are still uh, in the inheritance. Both have received a rightful share. Both are far from the father's fellowship. Both of them. One ran away in the far country and deliberately went into sin. You know, as you deliberately, let me tell you what is worse than falling into sin is after you realize that you have and what you do about it after you've fallen into it. This man, by, this man mirrors the very image of our hearts. <clears throat> if we were writing this story, we'd end it at verse 24. And we all like stories that end like this. They lived happily ever after. But that's not the way this one ends. It doesn't end that way because Jesus is always true to life and life isn't always happy and a happy ending. Notice that in these two men... The first one, his love uh, melted his son, the father's love melted the son's heart and uh, helped him with the sins of the flesh. The second son was hardened, though he had sins of disposition. Sins of disposition are still sins of heart and mind at the end of the life. Which is worse, you say? They're both equal in the sight of God. Both were away from God. The one that went to the hog pen and the one that stayed home and would not enter in to the rejoicing that was taking place. What I'm saying to you is this. The motive behind what we do is even more important than what we do. The motives of the heart. And God looks in the motive of the heart this morning. Most of the defeat of Christian people occur in the family circle. And Jesus has it right here. We have to set a guard in the family circle because that's where the defeat comes as we try to live for God. Jesus faithfully betrays the human heart in all its hypocrisy and deception. He lists for us virtues and then he lists the uh, vices that are here, attitudes, but with white hot words. He talks about this elder son. And so uh, as we think of this this morning, we think of Christian work and Christian service. There are people's lives that are beyond reproach. 
They are orthodox in their belief. They believe the Bible. They sound as a dollar and sound as a bell, we say. But sometimes they're sound asleep, too, when it comes to service for God. My, how that song fit into what I'm saying now. They're hiding beneath conceit and jealousy and ambition. It's under the mark of humility. This elder son was hiding under that mark of humility. And the crisis that came here in his life was bringing out what was in his heart. Outward <clears throat> display of what was in his heart. Why, he was correct even to a fault. Many churches were correct even to a fault. But there's wickedness down in the heart as in the heart of this elder brother. And uh, a lot of folks who are so straight in the churches, they're hard to get along with. Nobody can get along with them because of their attitude and disposition. Jesus certainly is putting his finger now on the problem. Now I want you to see this morning three principles of truth that are set forth here. First one's this. It's possible to assume the place and privilege of a son without realizing the obligation to a brother. He didn't realize that, did he? He assumed the place of privilege and sonship, but he dismissed his obligation to his brother. <clears throat> he was correct and busy and faithful, and his, his father proudly called him a son without ever questioning his conduct. But he was satisfied, proudly, Imagine himself to be a perfect son in the father's house. And he had a sign he wore around, please do not disturb. <laughs> please do not disturb. The nerve of the preacher talking about this kind of sin. Please do not disturb. In a lot of churches, they put that sign as soon as the preacher gets up. They don't want you to talk about such sins as these. <coughs> and if I ever find it out, then that's the one I'm going to talk about. I look at this elder brother. Oh, how glad I am my brother's come back home. <clears throat> After all these years, he's been gone and our prayers are answered. My father's filled with joy. I must get home quickly. What a wonderful day this is going to be. Well, I wouldn't blame, I wouldn't blame uh, my father if he just overdo the thing a little bit. Because, you know, this is going to be a happy day. He's going to kill the fatted calf and everybody's going to rejoice. Because my son that was my brother that was lost, dead, now returned. It's time for rejoicing. Does that sound like him? Not on your life. It says in verse 28, he was angry 
refused to go in. He was angry and refused to go in. It's possible to assume the place and privilege of a son by refusing obligation to a brother. Oh, how may the Lord help us here. All the sins of the younger uh, brother couldn't keep him from the table of rejoicing. But all the virtues of the older brother couldn't bring him to share in it. i tell you something that really <clears throat> reveals our hearts, how we feel about a brother that's lost, a sister, somebody that needs to be brought to the Lord. And then when they're brought to the Lord, jealousy and all of that's behind. The older brother, he just didn't have any rejoicing in his heart at all. <clears throat> in fact, he turned away from the whole thing. And he was angry, it says in verse 28, and would not go in. Would not go in. Have you ever thought about a real uh, time of, uh, you thought it was going to be a time of, uh, Glad rejoicing. Somebody comes along, throws a monkey wrench in. They're jealous of it. They're not going to have anything to do with it. They back off and they will not go in. That's what happened here. That's what was taking place right here. He was trying to show that in his heart he'd set up secret worship of self. Oh, that's a terrible sin. To worship self. To worship self. To have self-pity. Self-pity. <coughs> the wrong relationship to his brother brought him in a wrong relationship to his father. <coughs> Think of those who have turned away simply because in Christianity, we fail to show obligation to others. There are those this morning that are lost around us. They're without Christ. They need a word from Him. They need to know He's Lord and Savior. And we need to tell them. And somebody said, this generation doesn't know about the gospel and doesn't know about Christ and many of the churches. Nothing is preached concerning the Bible and truth. Then we ought to tell them. Those that have the truth ought to tell them about Christ. Those you work around. Those you see. Those you come in contact with. That's your world. Go ye into all the world. Give them the gospel of Christ. There's a second thing here about this elder brother. It's possible to serve the Father faithfully, but not to be in fellowship with him. Now there's two things that you need to remember when it comes to uh, being a Christian. Number one is your relationship to God. 
That's by blood and never changes. But never changes. There was a time when the McGuire family had a little boy. And uh, they said, well, uh, we are calling Frank. He's my son. And I will never cease to be my father's son. The relationship. When was that boy born? 1900. So so. I'd still be a son. No matter what happens to your children, your sons and daughters, they still belong to you. They'll still be in your family. And there is relationship to the Father. That's a part of being a Christian. But there's another part. And that's fellowship. Relationship is by blood and never changes. Fellowship is by obedience. That may change. If you're not obedient, that may change. That's what happened to this boy. So he stayed home. He was disobedient to his father. Now he served faithfully. As folks like that in the churches. I mean, they wouldn't fail to bring their Bible for nothing. And they have, they sing out of the songbook, and they do whatever is required and expected of them. Yet down deep in their heart, no real fellowship with God. And they seem to be away from the Father. And it shows up here in this parable we're looking at. <clears throat> in verse 29. Here's what it said. He answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed at any time thy command, did everything you said to do, and yet you never gave me a calf. I might invite my friends. Think of that. He never quite understood his father. He didn't get close enough to the father's heart to understand his father. And when it comes down to it, and we begin to think, uh, now, there's a little bit of bitterness, uh, maybe toward others, but great amount of bitterness toward God. God, why did you let this happen to me? Why does this continue? The elder brother declared himself worthy of the father's blessing. We saw last Sunday the younger brother said, I am no longer worthy. Why, he never was worthy. Neither was this. Nobody's worthy of God what we receive is by grace and whatever he gives us by grace what is it you have this morning God didn't give you what what is it 
he gave you. Somebody said, I've got a little money. Well, God gave you strength and health to make the money. Didn't he do that? And that can cease too. It wasn't enough to be busy. That's what I'm saying. He failed here. He was diligent. He was he was uh, uncomplaining all these years, and he was correct in what he did. <laughs> well, that comes pretty close, doesn't it? But that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. Sometime we pray and there's no breakthrough that comes and we pray and do all the right things. And still heavens are brass. We wait on God. We're not careful. Then we'll begin to lean on being correct in everything. And we can be correct in everything and still not have communion and fellowship with God we all have that's what I'm talking about this morning we can be correct all our doctrine be wrong in our fellowship with the Father <clears throat> how easy to miss the Father's fellowship how easy to miss the Father's fellowship and not to know the Father's heart. I must go on, he kept saying, because it's expected of me. I just don't understand my Father. And he didn't. He didn't understand his Father. There's a third thing here. It's possible to be the heir of all the Father possesses, but to have less joy than folks who have nothing. He had less joy than the son is in the hog pen and returned home. The son that returned home, the sins of the flesh, rejoiced when he got to the Father's house. But the elder brother, didn't want to enter in to being joyful in his heart. <clears throat> if we don't watch out, we'll be like the long-faced mule, you know. <laughs> little Quaker boy, they kept telling him, well, this is a Sabbath and you, you're not to play on this day and you're to be very strict and so he finally let him out in the yard and he wandered off down to the barn and there was the old mule and he reached up and began to rub it on the face and he said, rubbed it all the way down and said, thou must be a Christian. Thou must be a Christian. Who told us that a Christian is to be like that? We'd have joy in our hearts. You express it different from what I would and Somebody else expresses it another way. But we're to be joyful in our hearts because we've been included in the Father's house. 
so here is the joy but he didn't enter into it he didn't enter into it snowstorm came and they couldn't get to the church house and the river ran right by the church and the preacher lived up uh, the river and uh, he didn't know how in the world he'd get to the church but they had some skates there and kids did and he got on those skates and he skated down the river to the church house one of the sisters saw him and she had him up before the church skating on the Sabbath <coughs> so as the men were talking to him they asked him and said why did you do that he said that was the only way I'd get to the church house said the ice the snow was everywhere else no way to get to the church well they said did you enjoy he said no I really didn't said, well it's alright for you to do it <laughs> he didn't enjoy there's a lot of folks that are not going to be happy and joyful and they don't want you to either here's the elder brother that's the way he was. That was his attitude. He didn't want anybody rejoicing around him. Why, the elder brother never had one twinged in his heart over the surplus in the father's house. Never bothered him to have empty seats in the church. Oh, sir. He never talked things over with his father. Or he'd have known the father's heart. He'd have known that in the father's heart was this kind of thinking. Well, I wish my elder brother would be concerned about the younger brother and take off time from work and go down the road and take a little journey and look for his brother. I wish he'd done that. That was kind of thinking the father. I wish he'd search for the elder brother and see if he could find him. We need to get close enough to know the father's heart. Do we need an apology from someone before we serve? some trifling offense that divides what a fortunate thing that this prodigal coming home didn't meet his elder brother out there on the road <laughs> he said you little down rascal you, you, you're not welcome here to father's house why don't you go home somewhere else That wasn't the way the father felt about it, was it? No, King, he ran to me. He fell on his neck and kissed him. He put shoes on his feet. He put a ring on his finger and he put a robe on him. And he acknowledged him as his son. I notice, as we close this message, I want you to notice, 
in verse 29. Oh, verse 31, I'm sorry, verse 31. What the Father said to him. And he said unto him, the Father said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all I have is thine. All I have is thine. Here's the Father's abiding presence. He said, Son, thou art with me. You've had my abiding presence. Here's abundant provision. All that I have is thine. <coughs> Here's the achieved purpose. This thy brother is found. He was lost, but he's found. Two wayward sons. One of them went in a far country and the other one stayed home. But both of them was out of fellowship with God from God both of them both of them needed to return to the father now listen in the account of the elder in the account of the younger brother it says that he returned home and rejoiced in the account of the elder brother it leaves the story like this the question mark put the question mark over 